This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Last year, Emily Myers and her dad made history as the first father and daughter combination to ever achieve a successful solo English Channel crossing from England to France. That's amazing. It's huge. That's a long way. They made they made like a train go underwater, so you didn't have to do that. <laughs> well, joining us <laughs> on the line is Emily. This morning, you're an amazing person, Emily, and we're so stoked to talk to you. Oh, thank you very much, Sam and Duncan, for having me on your show. Now, Emily, the advantage of going swimming with your dad is, of course, when you get tired, you just sit on his back and ride <laughs> him the rest of the way <laughs> to France. How many kilometres into the English Channel was it before you turned to him and said, Daddy, I'm tired, carry me? (laughs) Well, unfortunately that point never happened. So we did our solo crossings on different days in different years. Um, And I was, so Dad pioneered, he, he led the way. And then a couple of years later, which was August last year, I set my own sights on France and decided to embark on the same thing. You were like, Dad can do it, I can do it. <laughs> well, no, I, I was quite inspired by what he did and thought, oh, you know, I can think I can do that and I think I can do it really well. So that's exactly what I tried to do. You've got 32 kilometres, you've got tides and currents which are messing with your flow, but there's also the fear of creatures in the water. What were you more nervous about, sharks or jellyfish? Oh, uh, in the channel, it's definitely the jellyfish, which ah. differs from my approach in Sydney because I'm very shark conscious and kind of risk um, aware of the safe places to swim and the not-so-safe places. But in the channel, it was the huge jellyfish that were the biggest obstacle. Um, So people on my boat were constantly keeping their eyes out so that I could avoid certain collisions. Now, uh, at what stage did you pull in front of a boat and and dolphin on the bow wave just to get a little (laughs) bit of a rest? Did that happen Uh, at any stage? Look, I had a close call. I nearly had that opportunity. There was a huge tanker ship and... I've never been so close to something quite like that in my life. So that was quite the sight, but not the opportunity to get a toe, unfortunately. Emily, you're incredible. How long did the swim take you? So it took me 10 hours and 51 minutes, um, and we left English shores just after 1am. So the first majority was done through the dark hours of the morning, but when the sun came up, um, I was on well on my way to France, which was a nice kind of thing to feel. What do you eat on that? I mean, you can't serve a kebab halfway through. <laughs> oh, look, I was thinking about, you know, pizza and some French champagne, but I was stopping every half an hour for a sports drink and a Gatorade and um, some other energy fuel to keep me going. But my stops every half an hour were for about 15 to 30 seconds, so not very long. So I'm trying to work out, so you started at 1 o'clock and it took you 10 or so hours, so you were done by midday. Why start in the dead of night? Yeah, well, that's a really good question, and I was thinking about that for a couple of hours too, but unfortunately they try and time it with the tides, so Uh. if that meant starting in the middle of the night so that I had the currents that were most favourable to me as I was swimming across. Okay, so for you, was it more of a physical or a mental challenge? Um, it was actually both, and I think that on the day it was very much a mental challenge and you had to rely on your mental strength and focus and mental preparation. But in the lead-up, I mean, it's a very hard thing to do if you haven't done the physical work. So I definitely challenged both aspects, physically and mentally, at some point across the way. Can you take us into what it's like? You know, it's it's 1 o'clock, it's pitch black, and you are swimming in a massive body of water. 
What's, yeah. what's running through your mind in a moment like that? Um, those first couple of hours were really difficult, actually, because I'd never done such long training in the dark. Um, and the other factor was that it was quite turbulent at that time. So I was really trying to draw on my training that I'd done back in Australia. So draw on my training partners and experience with them and draw on the other physical and mental challenges that I'd come across in that time and try and relate that to what I was feeling in those early hours. And mentally, I thought, well, if I could do it back in Australia, then I can channel that and I can put it in place over in England. Now, you did all of this uh, to raise funds for Children's Cancer Institute. Can, can I ask what was your heart behind doing that? Well, look, I had a pretty special reason behind doing that. I lost my sister to cancer um, many years ago. And since that time, I suppose this was the best opportunity that I personally had to give back to the Institute and have conversations about children's cancer, have conversations about um, what it was like um, for a family going through that. And most importantly, the groundbreaking research that they've done since we lost my sister, Sarah. So I was able to have really great conversations with people in our community about the work of the Institute and the research that they're doing. I have developed a close relationship with one of the researchers at the Institute. His name is um, Orazio Vittorio. And just seeing the impact of fundraising and where that money goes, it was quite inspiring. So that was definitely another motivation as I was swimming in the early hours in England. And to do it with your dad, how special is that? Yeah, I think... Since the time, I've realised what a close bond we have and growing up, swimming was always something that we had done together. So we would train together and just share many experiences in the water. So the fact that I could be on Dad's boat when he was swimming across the channel and the fact that he could reciprocate that for me last year was very special. So I was able to get in when Dad was swimming and swim for a couple of hours with him and last August he kindly reciprocated the same favour and jumped in the water with me. So that was a very special hour. What's the motivation look like from your dad? Was he yelling at you like, you should have done your homework when I told you to growing up. You know, you were a difficult (laughs) child and then this is my payback. I don't think so. No? (laughs) No, there was no shouting from the boat. They were very calm, very supportive. Um, Definitely no insults being thrown my way. Um, so Dad was very, very calm, very collected, um, and he was, yeah, not the ugly sports spectator. <laughs> Emily Mize, you're an amazing person, and thank you so much for joining us on Hope Breakfast. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.